fresh and honest stories from successful entrepreneurs, self-driven freelancers, and motivated individuals that are here to help encourage you to hustle and turn your passion project into reality. In today's episode, we're excited to welcome Ur Tandraverdi, the CEO and co-founder of Unhinder. Unhinder is an early-stage adaptive robotics company which develops wearable devices by combining artificial intelligence with robotics and microfluids in a unique, award-winning and innovative way. Unhinder has been selected as one of the 15 most innovative startups in Europe by the European Institute of Innovation and Technology of European Union, as well as being awarded by the 2020 Mayor's Entrepreneur Health Award by Mayor of London. Today's episode will be hosted by myself, Alex Jones, so without any more introductions, let's get to it. Welcome, Ur. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Hello, hello, Alex. Uh, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Very excited and honored to be part of your podcast. No, thank you so much for joining us. So, so I gave a little bit of an introduction into what Unhinder is, but if you could, could you go into a little bit more detail about what Unhinder is and why you decided to, to develop your company? Yeah, of course. Um, so we are an adaptive wearable robotics uh, company um, and we are developing multiple medical devices, uh, wearable medical devices. And a tangible example of this is prosthetics. So prosthetics are one of the oldest wearable devices in a humanity, but there is a critical, a crucial problem happening. Uh, for centuries and there is no uh, sufficient and and efficient solution yet. So we are one and a half centimeters shorter in the evening compared to mornings. Our hands and feet are larger in the evenings compared to mornings. Most of us don't even notice these massive changes because we are wearing flexible clothes, flexible shoes, which is logical. But when you lose a limb, let's say your leg, they give you something that is not flexible. And that's where the problem is starting. So you have to wear a non-flexible wearable device. And when your body starts changing its shape and volume, your prosthetic does not fit to your body and starts hurting your skin. And over long term, when I say long term, this is a couple of days and weeks of prosthetic use. Uh, you cannot walk anymore because you have this, these blisters on your leg. And what we do is developing a soft interface that, that amputees wear on their leg before putting their uh, prosthetics on. And this soft interface has tiny air bubbles that can change its shape as, depending on the volume change of the leg. And the person can automatically adjust change the tightness, cushioning, uh, and the softness and comfort level of this interface. And this interface is, by the way, called a liner. Um, And then the artificial intelligence learns these changes, uh, learns these changes of that specific, that person, and then starts applying to them according to that person. So we call it raw liner the world's first robotic liner. And raw liner is Unhinder's first product. That's at the moment what we are doing. Um, it has been five and a half years that since, since the inception of the project. And as of today, we actually received ethical approval from Imperial College London to start the human trials uh, with Rolliner. Um, and then why I started this 
business. Um, it was actually being in the right place at the right time with the right people. Um, I was looking for further study. Um, so I'm a biomedical engineer and I studied in uh, Turkey, in Istanbul. And then in 2014, I moved to London to study uh, Master of Science in Advanced Engineering Design, where I developed an upper limb prosthetics, a robotic hand. Um, and I have uh, vast experience in designing biomedical equipment and prosthetics. I was searching for further um, research programs. And when I reached out to my current supervisor for a master's program, a master's program, program in medical device design and entrepreneurship. Um, at that time, he was just transferred from Harvard to Imperial and he was setting up his lab and he was looking for researchers. Um, and he said, I was recently at a conference and I heard that there is a big problem in prosthetic fitting. And you have experience in prosthetics and I have experience in robotics. Would you like to look into this project? And I said, sure. Uh, and the more we started to dig into the project and talk to people, the more we were surprised by the size of the problem and the seriousness of the problem. Um, that's how it started five and a half years ago. Uh, it was really the right people, right place, right time. Yeah, yeah. So, so how was your experience really? Because you said that you were studying bio, what was it called, sorry, bioengineering? Yeah, so I finished that uh, master's. Um, that was my second master's. And then I continued with the PhD in bioengineering, which is basically a scientific ex research extension of that master's. Now I am doing it at PhD level while commercializing the project. Um, my experience has been actually good. Um, Imperial is such an entrepreneurial university that we are always encouraged to create research impact by uh, bringing translational research opportunities into the college. So it is. it has been fun. I, I will be actually just honest. It's not always fun. There have been nights, there, nervous breakdowns, crying <laughs> loud outs and lots of stressful times. But overall, I am, at a, I am at a place in my life that I would like to be, I wanted to be uh, when I was a child, and that makes me happy. Fantastic. So, you say, obviously, you're fulfilling your childhood dreams, really, and starting your own business. It's clear that you're someone who's quite creative and entrepreneurial. But can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, Were you always creative and coming up with new ideas when you were growing up? <laughs> um, I would like to say hi to my father from here for the example I will give now. Um, sure. Um, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until 2016 when I started that master's in entrepreneurship. I, I was running a business by then, but I didn't know what I was called. Um, so I've been always curious and always questioning. My favorite question is why. And I was uh, always questioning my surrounding. So one of the earliest memories I remember is when I was four years old, these wireless landline phones, the massive Panasonic ones were just released. This is 1994. And my dad uh, bought one. 
and you know in those times technology is not as common as these days so it was a very precious piece of the household um, and i was surprised and amazed by okay we are talking into this thing and without no cable the other side can hear us so i was i accepted the fact that somehow the cable makes us being hurt uh makes us hurt but i don't know how it works in the air so i took this panasonic phone uh the headset and filled the bathtub with water and dipped into bathtub to see <laughs> if people can hear us under the water as well oh god uh, <laughs> i was a bit of i was a bit ahead of my time uh, um, <laughs> i didn't account that phone wasn't waterproof um but, but this is i still tell my dad i was ahead of my time it's 2021 <laughs> 22 and we are we have waterproof phones and i told about it in 1994. <laughs> um i have many stories like this blessing to my parents uh they had really good patience with me when i was one year old the first word i said was matcha so you know like usually babies try to say like papa mama uh i said matcha but the reason for that is um the word for machine in turkish is makina a bit like italian and i couldn't say makina obviously but i said matcha so when it was my food time or where, where they're gonna put me into sleep i was in front of a washing machine or a dishwasher or something like that and that noise was making me fall asleep so from birth i was attracted to machines um but the way that they turn into biomedical machines was a slight um kind of diversion on the story when i was in the high school i went to um, a, a very high ranking science high school in turkey and there i re i realized that i have a i have an interest and talent in biology especially human body and i wanted to be a doctor so 13 years old me going and interviewing my parents doctor friends i want to be a doctor would you suggest um all of them said no uh don't be a doctor it is not just an occupation it is a lifelong dedication and it, it especially in turkey um the the fact the faculty of medicine is really difficult to get in and also getting out is really difficult as well and I realized these people are like 55 years old by then, and they just start to make some living um, in the sense that like comfortable living. And I didn't want it to be that. I still wanted to help people, but I couldn't put myself in, a, in, a, in that level of sacrifice. Uh, so I was searching for jobs because it was a disappointing period in my life that I thought I was going to be a doctor. And then I found this job, professional job guide and there, there was biomedical engineering, development and invention of medical devices for human body. So it was a eureka moment for me. There was medical, uh, there was human body, medical medicine, and then machines. And that's the moment I actually decided that I'm going to be a biomedical engineer. That is super fascinating. I, lo I love that your first words was machine growing up. And, that, and now here you are building machines for, for humans. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. But you mentioned earlier about obviously starting your, starting your own company is not always easy. And you mentioned having breakdowns and 
you know, crying and then it being a real challenge. But what are some of the some of the major challenges you found when when starting up your own company? Um, so, I was I was still lucky because my father is a serial entrepreneur. So we have textile factory in um, Turkey. So I was a bit prepared seeing from him the challenges, especially when you're developing an innovation. You have to to make the uncertain certain. And uncertainty, this is how we are evolved, uncertainty triggers anxiety in human mind because uncertainty is a threat. Because our brain only perceives things in black and white, either as an ally or as a threat. So when you're dealing with lots of lots of uncertainty related to your business or related to your innovation, your brain is all the time in the threat in fighting mode. You may take everything emotionally wrong and you can take things personal and you may not actually think clear or logical because you get stressed. So to me, the, the most difficult part of an being an entrepreneur is the um, emotional ups and downs because you are solving a problem. That's your inception point And you are solving problem all the way to the, till the end. So... Problem solving is not a linear process. Sometimes you have to go a year back. So sometimes you have to scrape all the work you do. When you go back, when you look back, you realize, oh, okay, but finally we managed to do it. But that at mo that moment where you scrape all one years of work and you think, what if the next decision I'm going to make is going to be something like this and it's going to take us even backwards so dealing with these kind of emotional ups and downs i think is the most difficult part of being entrepreneur but apart from it it's not very different than other occupations you have to engage with people most of jobs are like that you have to be good at social skills and so develop social skills also future planning but these are roles of any manager but specifically dealing with future uncertainty beyond the project scope is something that's special to entrepreneurs i think definitely definitely and i mean starting a business is it's not always clear what you have to do and how you have to do it because there are also there are always external factors which which can change the course of what you think you're doing but so therefore as a startup company how important is it to be adaptive and responsive and have the ability to pivot easily? Oh, uh, I think that is the core uh, because you start with an idea and that I, the, way, the way you start the journey, you have a plan. What you do remains the same, but how you do is massively changed during the pro process. So you have a plan, initial roadmap, you say, I'm going to do this, this, this. Um, but when you reach to the first stage and you realize it's not possible to do like that, so you have to change the plan. Sometimes change of plan requires complete different investment or buying different equipment or from resources point of view, hiring someone else. So your plans are changing uh, every month, in some cases every week, because as I said, you make your plans to unlock the uncertainty and uncertainty only becomes certainty at now, at the present. So when you reach to that present moment, do you see that uncertainty is something that you didn't really thought about 
in that way. So you have to create, you, you do new planning about it. You try to solve that. And then a week later, a month later, when you are there to unreveal that uncertainty, it doesn't 100% meet what you had in mind. So you have to change your plan again. It is absolutely essential to be agile, resilient, and adaptive to any changes. This could be pivoting completely from your main business plan. There are so many successful companies like worldwide companies, they pivoted from their main uh, product business idea to something else which made them even more successful. Yeah, yeah. There's some at least some key words you mentioned there to be successful in business that you do really have to be adaptive. But you mentioned also about uh, investment. And obviously, I know that Unhinder has received a lot of investment over the years, but how important is it for investors to invest into your idea? And how do you go about getting people on board to invest in your idea, particularly in the early years of starting up? Um, so we raised £1.2 million, pounds, um, but that's through uh, translation and research grants, which means we haven't had any investor on board. The project team, the researchers and scientists raised all this money via governmental grants like European Union, UK government, like Innovate UK, Mayor of London. The first question you ask, how, how important for investor to invest in your business? As a business owner, I can say it's absolutely critical and essential because the government grants, any grants, will support you to a level. Once you become completely commercial and you stop doing R&D, then you are with business people. You're not with governments anymore. You are with for-profit organizations. There, it's critical to receive investment. For us, we had opportunity to receive investment in the last two, three years. It is our business model not to receive until next year. It is possible to do it via translation and research grants. They are There are very generous grants. Um, but after after a point, you have to go to the investment round. And when it comes to the, the mindset of an investor, obviously, you have to see it from both sides of the table. I am a business owner that I want to make my business a, a, a success. But the other side is the person who has the money and wants to make more money from that money. So you have to deliver your promises. Obviously, any investment is risky. So the other side has a risk of losing the money, maybe completely entirely. So you have to understand that they want to feel safe, first of all. And for that, the number one thing is the trust in team, because it is the people what makes a company successful. And, and secondary to that is the technology. What makes a business a sustainable business is together with the team and the technology, but the initial success getting to the market and making sales, it's certainly a, a dedicated, well-educated, well-trained team. And that is an asset for an investor because once they in, invest into a startup, startups don't have much assets. Startups don't have uh, deeds, don't have uh, cars, don't have very expensive assets. Startups have ideas and people who develop those ideas. So really and truly, the investors invest into people. And 
the risk is trying to find out the uncertainty, as I said earlier. So you have to always think from the investor side. They have money. They want to give you the money to help you to achieve your goal, because when you achieve your goal, they're going to make more money from that money. You shouldn't see them as a charity, as you're not a charity as a business. They are not a charity as well. So it's it's a balance of being ethical, professional, also friendly. Sometimes people think investors are really people with some bad attitude or notoriously known. I've met some very sweet investors. What they do is just investment, but that doesn't change their character. So there is an every kind of investor profile personality for any company. It's just finding the right person. It's a, it's a match. It's a bit like matchmaking, dating. There is various types of investors and there are various types of startups or companies. So finding the right people with right personality and professional skills and also the startup with the right culture and dynamic that can embrace and welcome that investor's profile. It's, it is a mutual, uh, it's a relationship. Totally, totally. And of course, bringing bringing an investor into the business expands expands upon your business, expands on your idea. But can you tell us a little bit more about how you were able to expand your business from, from it being an early stage idea at the university to then bringing new people into the business and then making Unhinder your, your main priority and not so much just like a side idea, but your main focus? It is really a step-by-step process. So I, in 2016, um, I was a team of one. I was the one who was doing everything. Um, and in those one, in, in over two years between 2016 and 17, I tried to understand the problem I'm trying to solve. Is this actually a problem? Because you also have to keep yourself not vested in your idea and be objective about your idea, whether it's a good idea or not. So that's one of the problems that people do. They They emotionally engage with their own idea and they don't take any... They, they got blinded, basically. So for those first two years, I had to be very objective, whether this is worth or um, as a business case or not. Um, but also, what I do is helping people. So you also have to think about that side of the business. I would like to make, okay, a successful business. But the reason I want to make a successful business is not because I want to make money. I come from a lucky background. Uh, I didn't need this business to make a living. Why I'm doing this, I want to help people. I want to leave a legacy behind me. And for that, I need a successful business so that my idea can reach all to all countries around the world. Sadly, charities, most of the charities don't have that kind of labor and power to spread an idea all around the world unless there is an like multinational uh, organization involved. So I thought if I want to get this idea and help everybody around the world, it needs to be a self-sustaining business. So the first few years, I did all the research about how I can make this a self-sustaining business. In 2018, I won a Research England grant, MedTech Super Connector, £200,000. That was the time that um, we got the first team member, Guglielmo Senesi, um, who is a biorobotics expert. He was doing his master's at Imperial, and he is currently the CTO of Unhinder. Then we became a team of two. Obviously, there was my co-founder, 
at that time, we didn't found it unhindered, but I had my supervisor, Dr. Farad Gudar, who was giving me the guidance. Then we started to go on that project for a year and applied for this European grant. It was for 612,000 euros with GE Healthcare and Accelerator in Paris, Cap Digital, and also Imperial College. There, the majority of the prototype development happened. Uh, we reached to a project team of uh, 15 people from business operations to clinical operations and data science to R&D. And while that project was happening, we've actually officially founded Unhinder. And after that, we got another grant recently in Innovate UK, half a million pounds grant from the UK government. Uh, and now we hire two more people. So now the Unhindered team is five people, including my co-founder, um, Dr. Farad Gidar. And then the project team is 19 people overseeing the regulatory clinical manufacturing operations. We have a partnership with a factory in Coventry um, to look into the scalability of our manufacturing operations. It is really started as a one person supported by his supervisor, and then became a project of 20 people, and we are going to grow more next year. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, that sounds like quite the journey that you've been on up until this point with Unhinder, and, and obviously in the early years, when it's just you pushing the idea yourself, that must have been very challenging, and I'm sure still to this day you're having to put in many hours, but you mentioned earlier that you, you are, in fact, often working more than five days a week, but how do you manage your time and prevent yourself from burning out? as well as simply just having the energy to stay motivated to keep going with this idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you like to hear the truth? Um, no, jokes aside, as I said in the beginning, the challenges uh, are usually emotional at emotional level rather than like physical challenges. Yes, you work a long, you work long hours, you sleep less, etc. Some there were sometimes I was working uh, 14 hours a day, seven days per week, and sometimes that's still the case when we are uh, on a deadline. That's that's not a dedication. That is a requirement when you have goals like we have, launching a product, making a difference. You just accept what it what it brings as a, as a requirement. Um, maintaining balance was something I learned along the way. So. I when I started in the first two years, you mentioned about burnout. I had a burnout, so I had a therapy for one year. I'm now uh, I have anxiety. I was diagnosed with anxiety back then, um, and that is not an that is not an unusual story for any entrepreneur. Like when I talk to my peers, we are all sharing the same problems and concerns. What I believe made me successful so far is the way I learned how to deal with anxiety and how to maintain a balance in my life. So for me, there are three things that are essential to my well-being and my inner peace. One is home. So everything at home needs to be tidy. Like I need to have clothes washed, uh, my bed made, and have always food in the fridge. I need that support mechanism. Some people think there's like being like OCD on cleaning on things. But no, when I work 14 hours a day, I just want to open my door and have food in the fridge to eat 
go to bed and wear fresh clothes next day because all of these things when you lack adds up and pushes you out of your comfort zone so having a balanced life at home is number one priority the second one is personal um, activities this would require your personal care going to the gym i've been meditating for four four and a half years meditating keeping a diary meeting friends um, and doing leisure time activities having that personal space that is also very important and the third one is work being at work at the time that i would like to be uh, meeting my daily goals the daily tasks that i want to being on top of everything not procrastinating things too much but meeting my goals so when i have balance at home at personal level and at work i realized my anxiety is manageable so everything i do on my daily basis like i spread this planning onto my daily life so if you think about 24 hours i sleep now i try to sleep eight hours or sometimes nine hours some people think it's too much for an entrepreneur but i realize if i don't sleep enough there is not much output during the day so i sleep and then i have two hours of no phone no technology period in the morning where i just listen to music write my diary have my breakfast look after myself before going home before leaving home going to work and then i have a full focused work day that i plan in the morning with my diary what i'm gonna do and after that when the work finishes then i have my like running errands washing doing laundry cooking etc those kind of things so my everyday activity is distributed into these three things and all of them are uh equally important for me totally totally and i guess obviously uh, an important thing for you to keep yourself sane really is keeping work and home life separate because you mentioned how you can't you prefer to keep working at the office and not work from home and i guess that goes back to what you were saying about you know you want home to be somewhere where you can relax and switch off and not have to have work on your mind that's correct alex i have a tendency to work all the time from like any location and i realized that was one of the reasons why i had anxiety because there are sometimes that you really need to switch off there are still sometimes that i am not able to switch off my mind going um crazy about some uh, some things that i would like to solve any problem that's recently occurred etc uh, but sharing with workspace with home for me and mixing my personal life with my work life just didn't make anything easier it actually encouraged me to be fully engaged with work and you just get tired uh, your brain gets tired so if you see it really like a muscle if you carry a bag all day your arms and shoulders are going to get tired and it's the same thing if you're going to work on the, on something every day every single day with your brain as a muscle it will get tired as well totally totally but uh, honestly it's been so fascinating hearing your story today and having a real insight into what it's like to be an entrepreneur you know the, the good things and the bad things but if you could just leave our listeners with with one final piece of advice for anyone who's thinking they want to found their own business what would your advice be it will be if they would like to set a business they should set a business that is aligned with their own purpose in life 
this has been my experience so far. My purpose is helping people. And what I do in my business is helping people. When your purpose and your business goes hand in hand, everything becomes much more easier in life. And more than becoming easier, everything becomes more satisfying in life. Because you reach your inner peace when you achieve something at work. And that is, I think, key to maintain balance, to achieve something and to, to, to keep yourself sane and happy. Yeah, totally. Do what you love. And then, you know, then that's the main motivation for you to keep going. But again, honestly, thank you so much for joining us today. And I've I've really enjoyed talking with you. And I'm sure everyone will really benefit listening to to this episode because it's been it's been fantastic. But if uh, I'm sure our audience would love to know where they could reach out if they have any further questions. Do you have any social media that you could plug our listeners into? Yeah, um, we so they can reach out me via uh, LinkedIn, my LinkedIn. Um, also, they can reach out me uh, or us via Unhinder's Twitter, underscore Unhinder, U-N-H-I-N-D-R. Or also from Unhinder's website, we have a live chat feature, www.unhinder.com. And that live chat notification directly comes to uh, all teams' mobile phones. Um, and that's how we get remain connected with our users and our stakeholders perfect perfect well thanks for that and uh, and i look forward to speaking to you soon likewise alex we hope you've enjoyed listening to passion and hustle podcast if you want to find out more from the speakers or what we do here at westminster enterprise network then head over to our social media channels at underscore we network with new episodes being released every two weeks you'll be able to continue listening and getting inspired along your own journey of bringing your passion project to life.